spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Ding, ding. Bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoons. And that's the bottom line. Mm, check it out. You know, two dudes talking sports. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. They have no other. They have no equal. And all American, they're going to sit. It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show. Good Friday afternoon to you all. Welcome to the Kenny and JT Show. Flying solo on this Friday as uh, JT taking Friday off to celebrate his birthday, which was earlier uh, in the week. So have a good birthday celebration, JT. We'll uh, handle things today between 3 and 7 here on News Talk 1480 WHBC. And a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. If you listened to our show yesterday, we were at... Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse broadcasting before the Cavs' first game of the second half of the season against the Orlando Magic, and it did not go well for the Cavaliers as they lose to Orlando 116-109 to start the second half of the season. Now, Donovan Mitchell did not play, so that factored into it. He was out with an illness. We'll see if he's ready to go tonight as they have a back-to-back in Philadelphia, 7.30 tip-off here on WHBC. But even without him, a disturbing game for me, at least, because we had Chris Fedor on, who covers the Cavaliers for the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. We talked with Tim Alcorn yesterday, the radio voice of the Cavaliers as well. We're talking about this team, their strengths and their weaknesses. And for me, my biggest concern with this team still, even though they're in second place In the Eastern Conference, even with last night's loss, they are in first place in the Central Division by two games over Milwaukee. My biggest concern, and unfortunately, everybody got to see it on display last night, is the fact that the Cavaliers are not tough enough physically and mentally. They call them weak. You want to call them soft. You want to call them a finesse team? I I don't care how you you want to describe it. Bottom line is, when things get physical, the Cavaliers do not respond well both athletically and mentally. J.B. Bickerstaff gets a technical yesterday. Now you could say, hey, Roadman, he was sticking up for his players. There were some BS calls yesterday, and there were. Don't get me wrong, there were. But mm, he got teed up trying to maybe jumpstart his team, stick up for his team, whatever it is, but none of the players seem to to really respond. An Orlando Magic team that is average at best, what are they, four games over 500, I think? They're a play-in team right now. They bullied the Cavaliers yesterday. Did they get away with a lot? Yes, they did. But that's what's going to happen come postseason time. You're going to see bully ball against the Cavaliers. Why? Because not just me. Around the NBA, everybody knows that's the Cavaliers' weakness. That's the question mark hanging over this team. Hey, great. They're in second place right now. But, hey, they were a home court advantage team, the fourth seed last year in the playoffs, and the Knicks spanked them 
and bullied them and pushed them around and won that series four games to one. So that's the obstacle that the Cavaliers face. Teams that can will bully them, will push them around, will try and get under their skin. And how do they handle it? Yesterday, they did not handle it well. They turned the ball over 19 times, which led to 28 points for the Orlando Magic. And again, I know their number one score, Donovan Mitchell, was out yesterday. You didn't hear uh, any complaints from Cavalier fans or anybody when the Cavaliers were winning games with Evan Mobley out or um, Darius Garland out or both of them, right? So I'm not bringing that up as, as an excuse. Those other guys that played last night, if Donovan is healthy, and let's hope it was just an illness and he'll be back tonight, if he's healthy, you still are on the floor when those teams are going to push you around, so let's see how you respond. They did not respond well last night. Not at all. And it bothers me when I read in the paper or I see post-game interviews where the players kind of acknowledge that. Here's Karis LeVert post-game from last night continue to solidify our habits um, both ends of the ball um, I think tonight was a playoff type of game where you um, have to kind of be tough on both ends of the floor uh, like I you know, keep saying the little things setting screens, sprinting to your spot, spacing um, it's the little things you know. Um, and we just got to lock in on those on these last 28 games going into the playoffs he mentioned it was a playoff type of game and they didn't handle it well remember last year what did Jared Allen say after they got spanked by the, the New York Knicks? Yeah, the spotlight was too bright. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, the moment was too big for us. We didn't handle it well. Well, here you are when it matters most, the second half of the season. And I'll give you some numbers here that could be considered disturbing uh, involving the Cavaliers in, in a second. But this is when you need to be prepared for this type of play. Teams are going to be battling to make it in the tournament, make it into the playoffs, get a higher seed so they have home court advantage, so it's not going to be as easy and as free-flowing as it was before the All-Star break. And Karis LeVert wasn't the only one kind of saying the team didn't handle the pressure well or the physicality well. Here's Max Struess with his comments post-game last night. I mean, it's a small sample size. It's only one game. So uh, first game back from the break, obviously we would like to play a little tougher and better on the defensive end. But I think there's a lot of ways that um, we could have improved and played better tonight um, offensively and defensively. So uh, but like I said, it's only one game. Can't let this continue to be a thing. And, uh, you know, we get to play again tomorrow. They're a tough team. And they play hard. You know, it was a good test for us um, coming first game out all-star break. He used the word tougher. They're a tough team. Got to play tougher, right? So there's two players admitting basically last night that they weren't tough enough. They didn't handle the physicality, the bully ball, the fouling that wasn't called well. And that, hopefully, was just a one-game thing. Does this wake them up? Now, I will say this, you know, along with Donovan Mitchell being out, it was the first game back from the All-Star break. But why did Orlando not have a problem and the Cavaliers did? And the Cavaliers were at home. And the one guy that was involved with everything during the All-Star break, right, Donovan Mitchell, didn't play last night. So you can't say, oh, well, boy, Donovan looked tired. 
He was out with an illness. All the other guys makes you wonder what did they do during the break? Why did they strike? I mean, Darius Garland didn't score in the first quarter. On a night when Donovan Mitchell was out, 27, 28 points, whatever it is per game that he brings, six, seven assists per game that he brings, you add that together, that's about 42 points worth, right? On a night that he was out, this is where a Darius Garland, a so-called all-star in his mind, Karis Levert, a so-called sixth man of the year candidate, this is where they are supposed to step up and rise to the occasion. And for whatever reason, Darius Garland really didn't get going till the second half. Right? Darius Garland finished with a double-double. I think it was 18-10. and 10. But Karis Levert, and what's been my knock on Karis Levert? What, what have I said since they acquired him? He is consistently inconsistent. I think he was 2 of 10 from the field last night on a night when you needed his scoring off the bench. Isaac Okoro stepped in, did a nice job for Donovan Mitchell. I think he had 17. But you needed Darius Garland, I don't want to say to dominate, but be a major factor from quarter one through quarter four, not just for three out of the four quarters. You needed Karis Levert to pick up the scoring slack with Donovan Mitchell being out. Their bench crushed the Cavaliers bench last night. Try to pull it up right now to see what the differential was in bench scoring last night. Because JT and I were there, and you could just tell something was missing. I I don't know if they were um, stunned by the fact that Donovan didn't suit up and play last night. If that's me, I'm thinking, okay, here's my chance to show the coach. And we talked about this at nauseum almost on the pregame show yesterday or as part of the Kenny and JT show yesterday about how the bench, how good, how deep the bench is. How great it is that, uh, you know, they can go to this bench and not worry about it. Let's see here. Uh, the Orlando Magic, uh, 29, 39, 42, 52, 50, 63 points, if my math is correct. Let's do it one more time. 21, 31, 34, 54, 50, 63 points. Cavaliers bench last night, 12, 18, 22-24. They got outscored basically by 40 points from the bench. 40 points. Karis LeVert yesterday, 2 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3-point range, 6 points, and he turned it over twice. I mean, you need somebody to step up in the absence of your all-star player. And they didn't get that yesterday. Jared Allen had a decent game. I mean, double-double is nice, right? 18 points and 10 rebounds. But no blocks on defense. They were getting layup after layup after layup yesterday, especially in that first quarter. And Jared Allen, you know, is supposed to be that eraser at the rim, and he wasn't. Here's what he had to say post-game yesterday. It's also on us. We had 17 turnovers. That's unacceptable for what we're trying to do. What do you think led to those? Uh, just mental errors. It was a lot of just throwing the ball out of bounds. I know I had a couple where I just lost the ball. It slipped. We were just all making mistakes. How much of that do you think? Is is the rhythm kind of off after the break? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was just a, a bad game for us. Like I said, we just made mistakes that we shouldn't be making. All right. He attributed it to just a bad game. I hope that's all it is. 
I hope I'm making way too much out of this, but what I saw with my own eyes and what's ingrained in my brain from the playoffs, identical last night. Bully ball, pushed around, didn't handle it well. And so I did uh, some numbers diving, if you will, as I was preparing for the show today. Because I heard somebody ask J.B. Bickerstaff yesterday, and we played it for you on the Kenny and J.T. show, and this was pregame, about second halves of the season the last few years and why maybe they haven't played as well. And I didn't. it, it didn't register with me yesterday because we were doing so much at, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So when I came home today and after watching them lose, I'm like, okay, they're 0-1 in the second half. Let me go back and look at the second half of the season the last two years. How much have they struggled and is it a trend? Is it a reason to be concerned? Okay? So go back to last year. They were 38 and 23 before the All-Star break. After the break, 13 and 8. So they were over 500, right? That's not bad. Well, what, what 13 13 out of 20, so you multiply by 60. So that's about 60%, but 13 and 8. The year before, they were 9-15 and 15 after the break. And so when you add it together, the last two years after the All-Star break in games played, and I'll throw in this year now since there was one game played, the Cavaliers are a combined 22 and 24, under 500 after the All-Star break. And then if you want to throw in the playoff series last year and the play-in series or the play-in two games the previous year, they're a combined one and six there. So they're 24 and 30 after the All-Star break the last three years, counting the one game yesterday, and the play-in and playoffs. That's when you're supposed to be playing your best basketball, not your worst not under what you were doing in the regular season. You're supposed to raise your game, elevate your game, play your best basketball going into the playoffs and in the playoffs, and they have done the exact opposite. So while I'm excited about this team, I enjoy watching them, no matter where they finish, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10, because they're going to make it in somehow, some way, right? I cannot believe in them until they actually win a playoff series and handle bully ball, physical basketball. I want to. I really do. I want to think they've learned, you know, in year three with J.B. Bickerstaff at the helm, play-in tournament, playoffs last year, playoffs hopefully this year, right? You hope that the, the pain of the last two years, the deficiencies of the last two years, the failure of the last two years will pay dividends this year come playoff time. But a 31-25 and 25 Magic team bully-balled you on your home floor to start the second half of the season last night, and you lose by 7, 116-109. to So here's our question of the day, and I threw it out on Twitter. And if you want to take a look at it and see how the poll stands right now, you can do it uh, by going to at the Kenny Rota on Twitter or at 1480 WHBC on Twitter. 
And that Twitter question of the day is this. What are the biggest concerns about the Cavaliers, the Guardians, and the Browns? I added all three teams to the poll question, tying it into what I saw yesterday with the Cavaliers, right? What are the, the, your biggest concerns or what is the biggest weakness for each of those teams that you cheer for? And right now, as I update my webpage here, uh, where is it at? Okay. And I'll resend it out as we're, uh, you know, speaking to you during the show here on WHBC. Just retweeted it out at the Kenny Rota. Okay. Right now, of the three, fans have said their biggest concern is, and this was my choice, the Guardians do not have power. Lack of power, 43%. Brown's quarterback play with Deshaun Watson not knowing what they're going to get, 37%. And only 20% are concerned about the Cavs' toughness. So you believe, maybe like Jared Allen, that yesterday was just a bad game, first game out of the All-Star break, no Donovan Mitchell. But I'll open up the phone lines right now at 330-450-1480 and take your calls on this. Are you not concerned about the Cavs' toughness? Are you more concerned about the Guardians? And we'll take a look at uh, a trivia question I saw online today that was um, disturbing and yet laughable. Are you concerned about the, the Guardians' lack of home run power the most? Or is it the Browns' quarterback play with Deshaun Watson? Again, 330-450-1480. You can call us, share your thoughts that way, or you can go uh, on Twitter at the Kenny Rota at 1480WHBC and cast your ballot. And we'll update this throughout the show. It just was... I, I was hoping that the team would show us the growth in the first game back. And I didn't see it yesterday. So that is a concern of mine. We'll update you as well throughout the show on Donovan Mitchell, whether or not he will go tonight, that illness. Man, I, Paolo Benchero played yesterday. He supposedly was ill and was questionable before the game. So hopefully it was just a one-game thing with the All-Star festivities and everything. I don't know if it was going around at the All-Star game in uh, Indianapolis or not, but maybe, you know, Get fluids in him yesterday. Hopefully it was just the flu and nothing more where this lingers because that's kind of been, you know, that's his 10th game that he's missed, right? 21 games, I think, for Mobley, 19 for Darius Garland. So you're in double-digit games missed from your three top players. Hopefully it's just a 24-hour or maybe it was a 48-hour bug and he's ready to go tonight. Because Philadelphia, the last time the Cavaliers played them, and it was at home. Philadelphia came into Cleveland and beat them. In fact, the last three games the Cavaliers have played have not been good. They're one and two in their last three. They lost at home to Philly, struggled to beat Chicago, and then lost at home last night to Orlando. Now they got to go on the road, second of a back-to-back, at Philadelphia tonight. So, nice long winning streaks, eight games, nine games. Well, now they're one and two in their last three and face a tough one even without Joel Embiid tonight in philadelphia so i'd love to get your input on that we got phone calls to get to let's go right to them brian line them up who do we got uh wiley and canton uh, i think let's take your little poll there 
All right, let's do it, Wiley. Welcome to the Kenny and JT Show. Hi, how you doing today? I'm good, Wiley. What's on your mind? Good. Uh, I think the Guardians is the biggest concern. Uh, um, they just won't um, get any hitting. you got to have hitting. I don't care what the pitching's doing. If we're losing games one to nothing, two to one, it, you're just wasting the good pitching. But the, the Cavs game last night, I agree with you a little bit. The toughness was not there. But I think their their problem last night was one they dribbled too much. Ooh. Just I mean, if if you look at that, they kept going. Garland kept going down too far, and then had nowhere to go and was throwing the ball away. He was getting the ball taken away from him, and then when he tried to go up to shoot the ball, they were blocking his shots because he had nothing there. That was their one problem. And the second problem was their defense. They kept, instead of staying in front of the player, they kept going to the side. And so the player went to the opposite side they were going. Then they tried to help out, and they kept getting wide-open threes. Nobody was nowhere near them because the defensive player couldn't guard their guy. Very astute on your part. You watched it closely last night. You hit on a number of things they did wrong last night. Uh, and that's the knock with Darius Garland, isn't it? He dribbles yes. way too much. He dribbles away the shot clock, and then all of a sudden you're down within five seconds, and you've got to force a pass, turnover, or take a bad shot, right? Yes, exactly. And then I think uh, mentally they, they just weren't in the game on a couple of inbound passes they had taken away from them. And, and how does that happen? That's not having your mind in the game. I want to say, hopefully, it was just a, a hangover from the All Star vacation. Maybe the guys in Orlando didn't, uh, you know, do as much whatever it was that the Cavaliers players were doing, right? Uh, because they seemed more focused and, and more physical last night. I hope that we'll we'll see tonight. I think uh, because. Philadelphia has all the confidence in the world that they can beat the Cavaliers, even without Joel Embiid, because of what they did back on, what was it, February the 13th, I think it was, or 14th, somewhere in there when they played them at home. So we'll see if this, you know, uh, lingers tonight in the game at Philadelphia. I hope it doesn't. I'm with you on that. Thanks for the call. Well said, my friend. Yeah, he, he noticed what I noticed last night. I mean, there were wide-open shots, whether they were threes or drives to the basket, over-committing on defense. You know, we talked in the pregame how well Isaac Okoro was playing defensively, how well Dean Wade was playing defensively, and they both gave up flybys last night. A flyby is when you rush out to your defender, and as soon as you get set, he flies right by you and lays it in or dunks it. And there were a number of them last night. So let, let's, if Mitchell comes back tonight, right, no excuses then, right, he's back, let's hope it was a one-game thing because the schedule does not get any easier for the Cavaliers. 28 games left. They've got a back-to-back tonight in Philly. They travel to Washington, who they should beat with their, you know, last five guys on the roster. And then early next week, They're home against Dallas. Then they travel in a back-to-back to to Chicago to close out the month of February. So they got to try and write things quickly as they head into a gauntlet month of March where they have 17 games in 31 days. All right, we're going to break in right now. 
We'll take more of your phone calls, 330-450-1480. We're also going to talk with Tim Street from the OHSAA about this ability for schools, if it passes, to move up from Division II, three to Division One if they want to play in Division One. Tim will tell us how this uh, you know, has to be approved and what would go into it next. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.